Hello, I'm Jim, and welcome to the Inner Circle Live Final! Okay, it's not the Live Final, but it's a podcast about the Live Final of the Circle. Ants here too. I'm an absolute peanut, mate. Are you still my bestie? You are a peanut. I actually agree with one thing you've said in this podcast for the first time. And as always, we're going to kick off the show in the way we always do, by summing up the most recent episode in 30 seconds. Because Ant has your circle in 30. So the circle is complete and Kate slash Alex slash Millie won it, winning both the viewers vote and the game, walking away with 75k, but that probably won't be enough to pay off Dan who almost killed him. And we learned that Sean is really tall, Freddy's scream is louder than a whole studio audience, Dan says he's logging off the internet after this for good, and it turns out that Alex's girlfriend Millie is actually a real person who's alive and everything, and who in a major twist might actually fancy Dan and given how much Alex likes Dan, let's not even go there. But the biggest twist to the whole series, we found out that Alice and Maya were still presenters. It was incredible to see Alice and Maya on screen again, and I was really disappointed that they didn't reference their three-week absence. Because if I just turned up for work, having not been there for three weeks, I don't think I'd be able to get away with not mentioning it. I think someone would ask me a question, or I'd have to come up with an excuse, like, I don't know, I got stuck in the bath, or something like that. But they just didn't reference it at all. Yeah, I think they were just styling it out and styling it out really, really well. That's the only way to do. Just go, not, not even, not, not even acknowledge the question like you're a true politician. <laughs> I think we should start off with our favourite tweets from the grand final uh, and talk about that before we get onto the final itself. Mine came from someone going under the name of Charlie Agron, who said, "If Alex doesn't share the money with Dan, then there's no justice in the world," which seemed like a popular opinion. I mean, spoiler alert. Alex won all the cash, like all the cash. He won the prize for the overall competition and he won the viewers' vote. So he's 75 grand richer. And a lot of people seem to be suggesting that he should just give £10,000 to Dan. It's never going to happen, is it? It is never going to happen. And even if he was going to give ten grand away, surely there's more deserving people than Dan. Yeah, but you've seen the size of Dan and how angry he was. I would give him 15 just to be <laughs> friends with him. <laughs> It's like a protection racket. Just yeah, like, it's, I, I wouldn't even just give it any months. I'd be like, dude, I'll give you ten grand every month until the money runs out. <laughs> uh, my favorite tweet uh, came from at Lucy Angel, Lucy underscore Angel, and uh, just perfectly sums up one of the contestants in the game for me, and, and did it perfectly. Freddie had a great chance of winning and played it well. However, he was a Marmite character, and he really got on some people's tits. If he toned it down a bit, and if he hadn't been so bitchy or laid into Kate so much he could have won the 50k or 25k, hashtag facts of facts. And I, I say that because it comes back to what I said after the very first episode of this, when I said the winner is going to be the most real person or the most fake person. And I, I think what actually happened was the most real person swung the vote and gave it to the most fake person. It was an interesting one, wasn't it, in the end? And I think the contestants in there, I don't think they knew about the 25k public vote. And maybe that would have swung it in a slightly different direction. Because, I mean, you could have easily seen Dan winning that 25k for the, for the public vote. But maybe at the same time, the public liked the game playing. And Alex was the one that played the game the best. They, he completely got it and he went in to do exactly what he set out to do in the first place. We did see how difficult that was to maintain. And he struggled with it. And at one point, definitely, we at least, well, probably two or three points, he looked like he was going to fold. And he even confessed, didn't he, as well? Mm. A bit I don't think we saw where he said he'd actually written out a confession and was going to send it. And then he went, actually, we're in a game. We're in a game. And yeah. uh, the, the, how do I know those other people aren't playing a game? And that did kind of show the, the innocence, in a sense. When they met for dinner and, and Dan was very upset, 
And uh, Alex was like, look, I didn't know you were real. And Dan responded by saying, but I was real. I was real. And I suppose that really sets it up in that you only ever know that that you're the real person. And this made me think about something. So go back to when you first joined social media, okay? Mm. So maybe that was a MySpace account, was it? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So who who were the first three people that you added on MySpace? Tom. Tom from MySpace. MySpace Tom. That's the guy who invented it. Who was the second person you added? I can't remember. There were only about four people on the internet at that stage. So uh, I, do you know what? It was, I was working for a time at a very cool radio station that was very forward with anything like that because it had to be down with the kids. So it would have been people I worked with. Would have been the first people I added. Exactly, right? So the first people that you met, and the same for uh, if Facebook was your first one, generally the first people that you had are your mates, uh, mm. y- you know, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, people that you work with, people that you hang out with. And that's how it starts. And that's how it all started. It's just this, it's a digital representation. It's a digital representation of people that you know in real life. Yeah. And then at some point that switches. And so you start accepting people that you've never actually met. I think it depends what platform you're on because MySpace was kind of public facing. So yeah, you met with people and connected with people we didn't know. Facebook, I think, is very different. And I think that tends to be real life connections or certainly people you've met. Twitter is a broadcasting tool. So you're presenting yourself to a wider public. And Instagram is that to the nth degree because it is just a broadcasting tool. It is just projecting yourself out there and you can be followed by people without necessarily accepting that or following them back it's just showing people what you're doing rather than engaging in a conversation or keeping up with people that maybe facebook is i guess what i'm trying to say is that when when we start off on social media it's we we kind of base it on real people and then mm. uh, as we expand it out we, we have less and less connection to these people in real life so we don't know who or what they are all we've got to go on is what they give us and as we've learned from our own experiences and watching the show, you can't trust that. The, the reason why I said all that was because of something that Dan said. And Dan said, I'm going to log off everything now. So my question is, yeah. is, has watching the show made you rethink all your social media and all your interactions and thought, I'm going to shut down my Twitter, I'm going to shut down this because I don't trust anyone? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it depends how you approach this stuff. Um, and like we said at the beginning, I think the, the way I personally present myself on social media is a very realistic version of my life. It's kind of warts and all. I don't do the flashy selfie filters. I don't deliberately go out to make myself look better than maybe I am. I'm probably a little bit funnier on social media than I am in real life because I'm not very funny in real life at all. Definitely. (laughs) But I think it's reasonably honest. And maybe my perception of other people, I don't know how I perceive other people. I think I perceive other people as being reasonably honest as well, or at least maybe slightly turned up versions of themselves. Well, I don't know how you perceive them. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a question. I was just pondering. Uh, I want to talk about tonight's episode because it was the final. And I don't like finals of these reality TV shows. I think they're much worse than the rest of the show. Obviously, they have to happen because it's all part of the format. But they tend to be the bit where you just meet the contestants and you get shown your best bits. And there was an element of that in the episode, in the grand final episode. But what I thought was really interesting was the first bit where essentially the voting happened and they all met for a meal, and they all met face-to-face for the first time. That was the money shot, and I was surprised that the TV show did it so early rather than waiting people for to meet at the end or maybe doing that in real life. So we suddenly saw voting happening. Yeah. For the first time, 
the four contestants knew they were voting for the winner. And also for the first time, we suddenly saw tactical voting, except for Dan. Yeah, although, did you notice as well, they did kind of edit it quite heavily, so you didn't see everybody's vote, so you couldn't work out who won it beforehand. And uh, also as well, they kind of did Dan's votes as a highlight. You didn't see who he was saying on the screen. And I think just going off his past Mm. performance, he gave Kate a high score. And I think that's what, because I think everything else was like a one and two. And I reckon, like, I was actually watching it with my mum and she'd sat down and she'd worked it all out. She was doing like the numbers and the maths. And she said to me, (laughs) no, honestly, she said, Kate's won it. Kate's got seven. Is your mum Carol Vorderman? <laughs> it's a good job, not because you really fancy her. Uh, I do, yeah. <laughs> uh, so she said, Kate's got seven, Dan's got six, and then Sean and Freddie have got five or four. That's what she said. Right, and okay. um, And, she, well, we, we don't know for certain, but that's pretty much how it turned out. And I think it all came down to Dan. It was quite weird not to see them voting, but I suppose they needed to keep that element of suspense in there. You needed to not know who was going to win. But there were some suggestions that... It had been fixed by the studio and uh, Channel 4 to make it Alex Kate because it was a, an important lesson in social media. But it was just to keep the suspense there, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and I think they did that really well. And that's something that has been done really well with this series as they've gone through. We've had some great cliffhangers as they go through. Uh, some not so great cliffhangers, but on the whole, they've done that and they managed to keep the suspense going. It's been like an extended version of when you find out who's going home on Strictly Come Dancing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's also taught us about you know, everyone kept talking about a game plan in the show tonight and how they stuck to the mm. game plan and what their game plan was. But I think for me, what we saw was you ended up with two people who were pretty much being real and two two people who were pretending to be somebody else. Although you're classing Freddie as pretending to be someone else because I don't think yes. that was a t- that's the tiniest tweak in his personality is the difference between pretending you're gay or straight in that kind of environment is so minute. It was amazing how many times he almost fucked it up for himself because surely that's the easiest lie to live out in that scenario. Well, I, I don't know because I've never had to do that. I've never done that. And obviously, you know, it's something that, you know, you go back 40 years and people would do just that in normal day-to-day life. And thankfully, mm. we live in a society now where you can be yourself. But I think the difference between Freddie and that lie and, and Kate and Alex's lie is that Alex was kind of went very deep into it. He went very deep into it and he'd thought about lots of different things. He had his little black book and he was kind of doing it as an experiment. Whereas Freddie just kind of thought, oh yeah, half-hearted, I'll do this. And we saw him come unstuck a couple of times, like with a football, like Mm. with a Range Rover. And I think the other problem was Freddie was desperate to win. Freddie was really desperate to win and come out of this. Whereas maybe he was deep down but Alex seemed to be quite calm and casual about the whole thing and he was like kind of like well it's been a cool thing Mm. Uh, and you know I'm I'm just glad to have made it this far yeah well Alex seemed to go in it as a genuine experiment he was like can I create the perfect persona and whereas Freddie I think and I think I don't think I'd be judged poorly even by Freddie for saying this I think he wants a career in television I think he wants to be famous in some way so it's kind of it's that desperation it wasn't maybe a desperation to win it was a desperation to be noticed and be watched which is a a very different um very different uh motivation behind doing it we will see freddie on an advert soon i'm sure he will be in some kind of commercial because just the fact that they had the whole studio audience and he was screaming and you could still hear screams of the studio audience go compare will be all after freddie i can guarantee (laughs) you very soon so the meal was the big point in this. It was kind of like the ending of Four in a Bed where those people go and stay in each other's hotel and then they sit down at the end and have massive beef with each other. And there were two particular moments in that 
little confrontation, particularly from Dan meeting Alex, that I thought were really interesting. One of them was Alex explaining to Dan why he did it and saying, I'm a social media comedian. That's not a job. A social media comedian is just two words that have been put together randomly. It's like going, I'm a chocolate fireman or I'm a swimming pool politician. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's not a thing, Alex. But the other thing was Dan talking to Alex and Dan basically, he was pissed off at the start and it kind of faded away a little bit. But Alex called him mate and Dan just said to him, don't call me mate. I'm not your mate. I'm pissed off. To which Alex surprised. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, uh, Dan actually even took it further. And I, and again, this is something that I picked out. I said, look, Dan's a big guy, and he's a, mm. he is a gentle giant, but something might push him over the edge. Yeah. And we and we saw the closest to that at dinner because Alex reached out to shake his hands, and Dan's exact words were, "Don't shake my hand. I will break it." He was embarrassed, wasn't he? And he said as much. And that that is a really powerful emotion particularly for someone who is an alpha male like dan they don't want to be embarrassed no and freddie summed it up nicely when he said you weren't just wanking over a 57 year old woman you're wanking over a man and that that was something else that caught me because how things have changed because when big brother started and they were doing their live finals you'd always get davina going you're live on channel four please do not That's swear fuck or bugger. yeah and and yet now it's just a free-for-all i think when you saw them all sitting down, it did seem fairly amicable. And even Daniel was pissed off. As soon as Sean came in there and basically said to him, oh, you're quite fit in real life. Suddenly he was a bit happier with everything. It was kind of like everything was all right once he'd been told he was fit. And actually, there was a picture on Dan's Instagram account posted this morning of Dan and Sean in bed together with champagne, which I thought was quite, quite a nice touch. So maybe, maybe we'll see the first circle wedding or maybe it's just all, I mean, it's social media. You can't trust it. So who knows what's going on there? Exactly. I mean, who else was in the bed? You know, you pan the shot out. You know, you don't you don't know. Did you notice when they introduced Millie, who was a real person, she was really there, who interestingly, mm. this is Alex's girlfriend, who interestingly looked nothing like her pictures, which oh, I just really? thought was brilliant. Yeah. And uh, they introduced her and she said, I really like Dan, which is awkward. Yeah. So you've got Dan obviously really liked Millie. Millie liked Dan, although they'd never actually met. And then Alex, who likes Millie because she's his girlfriend, really liked Dan in the house. So potentially we could be going for more than just the first circle romance wedding. It could be the first reality TV show polyamorous relationship. <laughs> Getting slightly confused again about the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> it's quite interesting that the last four contestants, they were all, I think I'm right in saying they were all original contestants, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know whether this is where the circle fell down as a show a little bit. And I thought it was a really good concept and I think it played out really well. But the idea that as with any game like this, and we've seen it in previous incarnations of Big Brother and whatnot, if you're in there first and you're building the relationships first, those bonds are in general going to be stronger. So when you've got other contestants voting each other out, it's going to be more difficult for them to get rid of the original people. Yeah, and, th and we did see that, and I thought Harry did very well to make it down to the last five. Yeah. Um, but but then he only made it because Scotty went before him, and Scotty wasn't an original either. Mm. And so, yeah, the, the, you, you really have your work cut out for you when you come in, especially by that point as well, when they found out that um, at least two of the people that had gone hadn't been who they'd said they were. Yeah. So then you're automatically more suspicious of people coming in. Mm. And I think it's easier to be suspicious of somebody you've no connection with than somebody you've spent time with, partly because you don't want to be embarrassed and say that you got it wrong like Dan did. Why did Alex win in the circle and why did Alex win out of the circle? So why was he popular and get, got the vote in there that got him the 50 grand and why was it successful 
with the public that got on the 25? Well, I think the reason why he won in the circle was he, although he was influencer once or maybe twice, mm-hmm. I think, he, was, he wasn't consistently up there. I, I think what saved him in there was Freddie. Freddie being really mean to Kate mm-hmm. saved Alex because he got a bit of a sympathy vote. And then it just kind of kept him sort of, not at the bottom, but just kept him going along, got him into the final. Um, and then what made him win it was Dan. It's got to be Dan. Because I reckon everybody gave each other a one or a two. And I think Dan might have given Kate. And he said he'd stuck to his guns and been honest. I think it will come out. Dan probably gave Kate a four or a five. And that made all the difference to her winning it. It was that relationship with Dan. It was that relationship with Dan that basically won her the whole thing. Because there were several times where Dan was an influencer and he saved Kate. And there were several times where... Dan voted her highly when easily she could have been one of the ones being blocked. So, yeah, she did very well. She he, Dan was a power player in this. Yeah. He was very highly rated right the way through. And because Kate, and it was probably quite accidental that Kate and Alex buddied up with Dan. They didn't know that's how it was going to pan out. But essentially, that is what won them the 50K. Outside of it, I just think it was a great thing to watch, to watch somebody mm-hmm. else pretending to be, and and the intrigue and the, the lie being drawn out and just kind of see what would happen. And, you know, that moment of the meeting at dinner, it's just, all right, it's only been over three weeks, but how how much of a build-up was there to that? You know, we've been yeah. watching it. It was just so tense. It was just like, what is going to happen when he walks through? Like, literally, is is Dan going to break his jaw? Are they going to kiss? <laughs> what You know, we just didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> I think it was Fiji the turtle, the fake turtle Twitter account that uh, has been on social media that said it would be the perfect twist if they actually sent in Millie instead of Alex into the meeting before yeah. revealing it. So sent in a fake person, back, which would have been a beautiful ending, but maybe not 100% in the spirit of the game. I think we've all learned a valuable lesson from the circle. There has been a message. It's like an after-school special, essentially. And we've learned that if you want something enough in life... All you need to do is pretend to be an attractive girl on social media in order to get it. We can take that away from this experience. Yeah, I, although I think that's going to shoot me in the foot when I turn up for this job interview tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you'll be right. <laughs> It'll be fine. So something we saw at the end of, of this, which a few people picked up on, was Maya said, give it up for this year's winner, Alex. And she used the mm. word, this year's winner. And we've just had some breaking news this morning, which we kind of knew was coming. And that's why the show's gone out a little bit late. We wanted to uh, do the show once we'd got confirmation of that. And that is that Netflix have picked up the show. So there will be a new season of the show. And there's going to be three different versions of it as well. Really? That is quite interesting. And I'm surprised Channel 4 let it go, to be honest with you, because you would have thought they'd want to keep hold of this because it seems to be reasonably successful i don't know much about television viewings but certainly there's been a buzz on social media about it i haven't heard many people talking about it there haven't been those office water cooler moments but certainly on social media it's been popular and i thought there would be at least a season two although it's quite i think in season two people will be much more cautious and Mm. much more aware of how the game is played can i make a prediction for season two All right, here's my big prediction to season two. And I've been quite good with my predictions throughout this so far. I think in season two, one of the contestants is going to be a bot. Ooh, a bit of AI going on. Yeah. That would be good. I'd I'd enjoy that. Yeah. And can you imagine that as well? Like at the end, that Dan being there in the room and nobody else coming into the room because everybody else was a bot. 
Well, I think that'd be a bit dark if everyone <laughs> turned into a bit. It might be a bit dull. Ch- Charlie, Charlie Brooker's writing a script right now going, that's brilliant. <laughs> so do we think the circle's been a success? Before we go on our merry way and say goodbye to season one, do we think it's been a win? I've really enjoyed it. I've like When we did the very first show looking ahead to the series, we discussed the fact about how long it had been since either of us had watched a full-on reality TV show. And... Um, I've I've managed to con- convince my family to start watching it as well, and they're not really into that mm. kind of thing as well. And like I say, I watched it with my mum, and she was more excited about the final than I was. And I, I I think it's it's been a success. I think it's been very engaging, and I think it's also been very very educational. And I think it's as valuable actually, not just for uh, ourselves and younger people that are very active on social media, but also for like my parents' generation, because in the same way that people get catfished as they're younger into relationships, there's enough scams going on on the internet for older people being conned out of money as well. I think it's an important lesson for everybody to, to look at that and take that. God, I sound like Jerry Springer at the end of the episode, don't I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> Have you stuck an envelope with a car under my seat or something like that for the end of this? There's a big grand finale. No, but I'm going to get the bouncer in to throw you out before you kick off. All right, well, before you do that, we better wrap this up. Thank you very much for joining us on this adventure, this journey through Channel 4's new reality TV show. And who knows, if there is a season two, if there is a worldwide edition on Netflix, maybe we'll be back for season two of Inner Circle, the podcast as well. And if you've enjoyed this episode, but just come to us late, make sure you go back to the earlier episodes because you can find out interviews with Ryan the Psychic, Kathy, who wasn't really there, and also Fiji the Turtle, at least the chap behind his Twitter account. But for now, you're blocked. <laughs> <laughs>